0: What's up, everybody? Please check out the newly created Instagram that we've made for the podcast. You could find us at Nate Haber Pod. That's at Nate Haber, P O D. You could also find us on Facebook at The Optimal Life Podcast. Again, Instagram at Nate Haber Pod, Facebook at The Optimal Life Podcast for updates on guests, video clips, highlights from the show, and personal development, self help, self improvement, ideas, thoughts, and musings from. Yours truly, and now please enjoy another inspirational conversation. The optimal life. Ermi, welcome. How are you?
1: I'm good. And you?
0: Doing good. Doing good. So tell us a little bit about your background at a high level. I, you you were living in Italy, and where are your par- right. where are your parents from originally?
1: So my parents are from uh, Bangladesh. And uh, they moved to Italy a long time ago. This was after they they got married. And then I was born in Italy, specifically in Sicily. So I was born and raised there. Um, I did my studies there. And then I eventually moved to Canada and did my university here. And now I'm settled here.
0: What was it about Italy that made you feel uncomfortable? You said that you were lacking something and you wanted a different path for your life. What was it about being there that you didn't enjoy?
1: So I wouldn't say the word, like it, I wouldn't say it was something that I didn't enjoy. I actually enjoyed everything about it and I do call Italy my home, but it was more about, uh, I would say uh, more about the fact that I was a Turk culture Turkey, so I feel like I could never feel like I was 100% uh, feeling Italian and so that was something that made me a little bit uncomfortable because I was always very conscious that I did not look like everyone else and then at home I also feel the same way I feel like I was not, um, I feel like I didn't feel 100% Bengali.
0: So you didn't feel like you fit the culture, is that correct?
1: Uh, right.
0: Okay. So you didn't fit the culture and then why does canada make sense why do you think that canada is going to feel different
1: so here it is more like a melting pot so i when i first landed in canada i remember having sort of like a culture shock but in a positive way because i would look around and see like people from different cultures different ethnicity and then i was like mixed races so in a way i felt like it was so beautiful and and amazing. And so this is where I felt like I could somehow integrate myself better in the sense that I felt there were more people that, that were similar to me. That, you know, maybe we didn't share the same background ethnicity, but we they were also from two different kinds of background, or three or four. And so in that sense I feel like I good more I could assimilate more with people from here. And so Right. In a way, Canada was uh, something that made me feel like, okay, very welcoming, this is the place where, you know, it's, it's very multicultural, so, yeah.
0: But why Canada over, uh, for example, here in the United States? What was the differentiator?
1: <laughs> oh, it was just for personal reasons. <laughs>
0: Personalities? Yeah. You, you did Personal
1: reasons, yeah.
0: Oh, personal reasons. What, was there somebody here in the United States that you didn't like? Was it was it our, our <laughs> was it our culture? Was it our president? What what was it?
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I never thought about the United States, but it, it is always in my mind if I have to tell you the truth because I um, I went to New York and I had the same feeling about New York that it's very like, it's very dynamic as a city and i can also see so much diversity there it is like a melting pot over there as well so multi multicultural so it is always there you know i'm like if i if i want to have a plan b there's always new york you know mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: so are you happy with the way that the uh, I, I, obviously you've been able to th- thrive and flourish and we'll get to the, the things that you're doing and women's leadership and all those kind of things but are you happy with the way that the Canadian government handled the uh, lockdown situation over the last few years?
1: Um, not really, because we we had multiple lockdowns in Canada, and it was very it was very frustrating. Because I feel like the first lockdown, they made it look like it's the end of the world. You know, you cannot even walk outside because even. like if you walk outside even the air has you know the virus so be careful with that so i didn't like the first lockdown and i feel like they made it look like uh it was literally the end of the world you have to be super super careful about it and and then it was and then it became even more frustrating because after we had somebody opening then they went back to close it and we had so many lockdowns especially like during winter, which would make it so hard because already winter in Canada is very long and during and you know very very sad because we have really long winters. And we had one last lockdown which made it like literally was a disaster because I we did not see the point of the lockdown. And that lockdown did not last long. Like, it was literally for two weeks because people were not happy with this. People were not even happy with the curfew. And we, in the winter especially, we don't have long days. And they would put this curfew, which made it look like we were like in a prison where you could not leave home. And if you do, it's such a big struggle. And what I also didn't like is that the only people that could go out after the curfew were the people with the dogs pads so it was like okay now you're forcing me to have the pads so that i can go out so these were some of the things that i honestly did not like um and also like things like you know lining up to go to a store and things like that i mean people were still really close to each other so it wasn't changing anything well, and so i honestly did not like the way they handled the whole lockdown during covid
0: well i got to tell you Ermi, based upon that assessment you may want to consider a different state than New York state when you come to the United States (laughs) because uh, you're just going from uh, one situation to another, very similar. Go to, go to a place like Florida, Texas, even here in Ohio, you'll have a little more freedom. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyways, so let's talk about you and the the things that you're doing because you're involved in, in multiple things. So, Overall, how did you get into this women's leadership? Talk to us a little bit about Victoria and the roles that you play.
1: Yes, so there is an organization called Women in Leadership and it's an organization that is like basically um, present all over Canada. And then we have different chapters. So every province or every city has a chapter. So we have one in Montreal, we have one in Toronto, we have one in Ottawa. And then what happened is that there was the chapter in Victoria that was looking for someone who could do their social media um, handles. They could handle the social media account. And so I reached out because basically, they one from Montreal, they were already full of people, they didn't need an extra body to help them out. So I was like, I still wanna get involved with this. I still wanna like, you know, spread the message of women's empowerment, women leadership, equality. And so eventually reached out to, um, to the one in Victoria and they were like, yeah, we're looking for someone who could help us to, you know, promote ourselves. And I was lucky enough because their account got hacked. And so they needed to, we do everything from scratch. So I was like, you know what, it's gonna be a good opportunity for me to, you know, work on my social media skills and to learn a little bit more about, you know, how to uh, do reels, how to do lives on Instagram. So eventually I was like, yeah, I'm, I wanna do this. I, it's a, it's a cause that I support and it's something that I believe in. So I, I joined the organization and it's been, I would say probably like three months already. And, um, and, and so now what I do is um, I we just had a live not too long ago. And I basically interviewed one of the member of the club of the, of the, of the organization and we basically talked about uh, some hurdles on some obstacles she faced as she was trying to climb the corporate ladder and how she handles the work life balance and how she's still you know, being able to achieve everything in her life and still you know be a woman in leader so basically that's what we try to promote more women in leadership and we also organize events throughout the year um, that that are open basically to all the women across um, Canada and they can join virtually and we talk about things like you know the power of LinkedIn that's one of them we also have other internal um, virtual events where people can join and have conversation with us. So we do a little bit of everything. We also have mentorship programs.
0: Interesting. So what makes a good leader?
1: What makes a good leader? So um, you know what, there are so many features uh, when it comes to leadership. And I can, I can give you a, a whole list of what makes a good leader. But I if I could like Pick some of them. I think some of the traits that I believe makes a good leader is um, being passionate, uh, being empathetic, um, understanding towards uh, the the uh, understanding towards the people, and also being inspiring and charismatic. So these are some of the things that I think are very important. Because I think as a leader, you want to be able to influence and motivate other people. But I think you also want to be caring and understanding towards the others as well and understand their needs and understand what they want and see how you can help them to help you.
0: Was Adolf Hitler a good leader?
1: (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) He was not? No.
0: No, because you mentioned somebody that can inspire people, that is charismatic, uh, that knows how to connect, that knows how to send a message, that's passionate. I mean, doesn't he meet? Didn't he meet all of those things? He, 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 <laughs> he, was... <laughs> he may have. He may he have been. He may have been. He may have been a very vicious person, but wouldn't you have called him? He, he exhibited skills of a leader. He was more of a dictator,
1: and he was. Giving instructions rather than inspiring people, people were obliged to do whatever he was saying. So I would definitely say he was not a good leader. He was a manipulator.
0: Mm, he was a manipulator. Mm-hmm. Okay. So give some examples then of uh, people that you believe in society are what? What would you? Who would you call a good leader? And if he wants to, if you want to stick with the women because that's really your specialty, women in leadership, who are some names that come to mind?
1: I really like Megan Marco. That's the first person that comes to to my mind when I think about women in leadership and I think she was she's also my biggest inspiration for many things that I that I do because she she's she's very similar to in terms of the causes that we that I support. Uh, she talks a lot about women in leadership, women in, women's empowerment. She also does a lot of volunteering work. Uh, which she was doing before getting married and being part of the royal family. Uh, and now she does them even more. But she's very um, she's very altruistic. And I, and I feel like when she talks, she comes across very compassionate and very empathetic and very genuine and sincere. So she's one of the people that I would consider to be a strong uh, woman in leadership.
0: So you say Meghan Markle hmm Meghan Markle. So would, would you, were you happy with the way that she came out with that book with her and Prince Harry and sharing all of the dirty secrets of the royal family?
1: Um, I didn't read the book. I don't know if there was a book. I know her husband wrote the book, uh, but I watched a little bit of the documentary. And in a way, I'm glad. I mean, not first of all, I don't know how much of it is true. Uh, But in a way, I am glad that she spoke about it because she basically came, she was very bold by revealing all these secrets and how she, in a way she felt like she was not fitting in Uh, first because of her background, her cultural background, her ethnicity, uh, you know, her skin color and things like that. So in a way, I feel like she was very courageous enough to, to speak up and I think we can see the strength that she has because of how vulnerable she she was during this situation. And we can see how much, you know, discrimination there is in the whole royal family. I mean, there are so many things that we do not know. Uh, in a sense, I do believe about the things that she, she said and how she was treated, why she was being in the royal family.
0: So do you believe that, uh, Ermi, do you believe that leaders should also be able then to, uh, when, when somebody comes to them, whether it's in the workplace or in a family environment, in a personal relationship, someone that's looked at as the leader, do you believe that they should be able to have an honor code where somebody should be able to come to that leader and trust that what they tell that leader is? It will stay with the leader instead of the leader sharing it with others.
1: You mean you mean like confidentiality? Yeah, and yeah,
0: Sen- sensitive stuff that may be more private.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I think as a leader, you also should be trustworthy and reliable. I think those are fundamental, and I think it's it's related more about your ethics. And I think that's very important because if you want leaders to you know follow you like you and so and so forth you want to make sure that you spread that uh, trait of being a reliable person like you can trust me and tell me whatever is going on because i feel like as a leader you are making change and you can only make change if you have people coming to you and telling you about the things that need to be changed and for you to do that you need to make sure that you are reliable and you can maintain this confidentiality and but still be able to address these issues while being uh confidential with the information that you have received
0: okay so wouldn't you then say then while megan markle may very well be a, a leader overall she probably fell short then in meeting that criteria that you just mentioned
1: yeah but i also think that I also think that, however, she was treated it was not fair towards her. Um, it, I mean, I don't think that she has tried, signed the contract where they said you cannot say any of these things. You know, if you feel like, if you feel like you're not being treated the way you should be treated, then it's okay to come up with the truth. It's a bit like you know, whistleblowing. Um, so, are you are
0: you suggesting? Something- I'm sorry. sorry? I'm Go sorry ahead. to interject. Are you suggesting that? Uh, to be a leadership, you must first sign a contract. Is that what you're, or you just? No,
1: no, no, no. I'm just saying. I don't think she signed a contract with the royal family when she married her husband. That's what I'm saying.
0: Where where do leaders it, Where do leaders fall short, Ermi? What are some traits that cause people they might want to get there? They might want to be the head honcho. They may want to climb the corporate ladder. But they never really make it to the top. They're never looked at as a leader. What are some of the reasons you believe, based upon the people you've surrounded yourself with, that caused them to fall short?
1: I think the issue is that some people think leadership is a title, but I don't think it's a title. I, I've seen, and I've worked with a lot of people that had very high titles, like know you can be the CEO of a company you can be the vp of a company but you can still fall very short as a leader because i think as a leader you always want to be inspiring towards others and some people don't do that they just only care about the work and making sure that the work is done at at the cost of people getting hurt in and people like suffering so like i've seen especially in the corporate world i would see that You know, maybe you raise concerns about, okay, I don't think I can finish the work, but some people, they would come and tell you, no, you have to finish it before the end of the day. And that's that's also, that's something where leaders are lacking on, I would say. And they think that because they have a title, they're just entitled to tell you whatever you want.
0: What's the difference between being a good leader versus a good manager?
1: I think, um, I think in a way they are intertwined. Uh, And I do think that so in my opinion, I think when you're a good manager, you are mainly managing a group of people because of the circumstances around you. So because of the role that you have, so let's say you are team lead, you have to be you have to be leading, you have to be managing the, the team that you are given and you have no choice. And I think when you're a leader, it you can be a naturally you can be naturally a leader without having a team and still be able to lead your team without having that title. So I always feel like people that are in lower position, they can still lead other people or lead someone without having a title. That's how I feel about it.
0: Tell us a story about one of the women that comes to mind at your organization, Victoria, uh, that we mentioned before. Give us a little story of somebody that comes to mind that has really impressed you with their leadership skills. And, and exactly what was it about the situation that made you realize, now that's a person that, that people are willing to follow? Uh,
1: so I only met one so far, so I'm going to talk okay. about her. <laughs>
0: because
1: mm. okay. <laughs> we are we are very big and we just meet uh, virtually um, so, so when you when, I, you when you meet when you meet yeah, vir- when, ahead.
0: when you meet virtually though what exactly are you guys talking about what are you what are the conversations what is the detail that's being discussed
1: we mainly discuss about things on like how can we make sure that our instagram page gets uh more exposure so we're mainly brainstorming ideas for our instagram account but the, the person that i i have spoken to i did some background research on her because i had to do an interview with her and as i was looking at her profile i was very much um, I would say very much mesmerized so or yeah i would say very much like amazed by how much she was doing and how much she was uh, she has done because basically she works for a big company and she is pretty high up within the company but at the same time she also takes the time to focus on herself and other things in her life she's also um, a mother and uh, she and she also uses her time to do things like women in leadership, and now she's working to do a marathon. And so what I liked about her is that she was able to like juggle around and be able to do all the things that she wants. So she, she is very ambitious, and that's what I really liked about her.
0: Okay, but what did um, she do? Does she talk about anything she did particularly with her team, with the people that report to her, the people that are, are looking, you know, that she's inspiring? Did she give any any firm examples that made you realize, wow, this is that's something that I'll, I, I'm gonna take with me?
1: Uh, well, we haven't went that far to discuss about that, but I can tell you my impression, which was that to me, she looks like a very badass woman. That's how I felt about it because she was, she is very, very ambitious. And she does have a work-life balance. And I think that's what she's trying to promote to other women within our our organization is that you can have it all as long as you are able to manage and plan your time properly with the people around you. So that's what I liked about that.
0: Do, Do you believe that women in general are still not looked at and given the same fair shot that men are when it comes to leadership roles?
1: Yes, for sure. That's, Without any doubts, that's that's for sure, and I think it comes because, um, in a way, we're penalized. I think because after we reach a certain age, and people look at differently, and also if we take some time off and then come back to work, I think in a way we're also penalized, which is why I think often in times men get promoted, and I also think the other issue is that um, we as women we tend to undervalue ourselves like we don't believe in our skills and ability to do as as efficiently as men on the things that we on the things that we do
0: why why is that why do you think women feel that way
1: i think it's because of the way we have been raised in from our family i think especially i can speak for myself i was always uh I was always taught to be people's pleaser and to be careful about not hurting other people's feelings. So I think because of that, we tend to lack a little bit of confidence in saying, okay, I can do this. So because of this circumstances, we tend to like back off from these situations because we think we're not good enough. Or we just want to be a perfectionist.
0: So you believe that it it is it stems from generational the way that we're being raised, generation by generation, our parents placing different emphasis on, on boys versus girls in the household.
1: Yeah, I think so. I do think it plays a factor. Mm. So, how, okay. how do you
0: guys? How do you? How do you overcome? How do you overcome that stigma? I mean, I know you guys have this organization. You guys meet virtually, uh, but it sounds like you're really talking more about how, how to brand yourselves from a social media perspective. How do you? work on overcoming the stigma because that's really the most important thing is is changing the mindset and the mentality is a woman saying I am worthy uh, yeah. I I am ready I am capable I you know I can do this and I should do this how do you get to that
1: you first of all I think there are many ways but they now for instance with the organization we do have a lot of conversation about about it, and we want to have more conversation about it because, again, one way is really by spreading the message and having conversations. But I think, as women ourselves, we should advocate for ourselves and not be afraid of speaking up. And I think that's one of the one of the feature or one of the characteristics that every woman should have is that she should never be afraid of speaking up when she feels like something is not being right towards hers or when she feels like she deserves something better and I think overcoming fear speaking up are very important things that we should uh, that should do that we should do and I also think having conversation within um like at your house and educate other people around you whether it's your parents your partner your kids and also have conversations in your workplace because I think especially now with the with what, with what we have seen with the pandemic a lot of women lost jobs i think now it's important to have that conversation and be like okay i'm coming back to work i need you to be flexible in in this and that i have to live work earlier. So it's important to have conversation also with your employers, because you can only lead change if you speak up about these things. And Mm. so conversation education, educating other people being part of like different organization, finding other women like you in, you know, social media and creating community. That's also very important, I would say.
0: Mm. Beautiful advice. Beautiful, but speak speak up. If you're you're feeling that itch, that urge, you know something doesn't feel right inside. Don't suppress it. Don't just let it go. Because nobody's going to be there to advocate for you besides yourself. So you're going to let that moment pass. You're going to suppress it. And it's going to be that much harder the next time to speak up, I think is what you're saying.
1: Exactly. 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 Totally right.
0: And you live in that loop. Uh, um, Are you a feminist?
1: Um, I guess. I mean, I never really considered myself to be a feminist, but sure.
0: What exactly does that mean to you, feminism?
1: Um, for me, feminist, to be a feminist just means to, um, to fight for women's rights.
0: To fight for women's rights.
1: Rights, Yeah.
0: And that, so that's all that means to you is if you're a, if you support women's rights, then you're a, considered a, a feminist.
1: Yes, honestly, even men can be considered feminists. Not just uh, not just uh, women. It's about standing up for for other women and standing up for what's for all the rights and standing up for women's empowerment. That's uh, that's how I see it.
0: Who who's a good male leader that comes to mind, in your opinion?
1: Oh. <laughs> or, or, or are there not yeah. are there
0: none that walk the planet
1: that's um that's a tough question if i have to tell you the if i have to tell you the truth i mean i do have an actor that comes to my mind which i that's probably the only man i would say that i admire i don't know if you know him he's his name is justin baldani um he used to play in Jane the Virgin I don't know it's it's a very popular show but basically I follow him on um, on social media and I when I see him I do consider him as a feminist because I feel like he is able to understand what women uh, go through and I can see how much he supports his wife in like following Mm -hmm. her dreams in like you know Helping her to to achieve all all her goals, and I can see how much he supports her in her personal development. So I really admire him. Okay, but let see me he also. let me
0: just ask you real quick. So, let me just chime in here, Ermi. Uh, that's you're talking about a male figure who's kind of got that feminine uh, supports the women, all that kind of stuff. But I'm just talking to you in back to general leaders leaders throughout this world. Who is a strong male leader that comes to your mind?
1: Uh. I think the only person that comes to my mind right now is Obama. Obama? Yes.
0: Okay, and, and why did you think that he's, of, of all the people in the world, the only one that comes to your mind is uh, Barack Obama? Why is he, or why was he, or is he a strong leader?
1: Because, so I feel like throughout all the, throughout the history of, throughout the American history of all the presidents that have been there, I feel like he's the one that literally, like, um stood out there and i feel like myself being a woman of color i feel like i can relate more to him and where he's coming from and he comes across to me as a very charismatic person um as someone who's very knowledgeable who knows what he's doing and that's that's the first person that came to my mind right now when you Mm -hmm. when you ask me this question that's who that's who comes to my mind
0: okay Well, and and based on your definition and the things we've talked about, he would clearly meet most, if not all of those things, charismatic, charming, empathetic, passionate, uh, the ability to connect and inspire others, the ability to get people to follow their lead, follow, take the hill, and follow them uh, side by side. um, I do believe he would meet that criteria. Um,
1: Yes, I Yes.
0: So, before we finish it off, you talk to us, you're also involved with this organization called Toastmasters, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. What exactly
0: is Toastmasters?
1: So, it's a non-profit um, organization that is um, known worldwide and what you do is uh, they basically help you to practice your public speaking skills. And uh, they help you also to work on your leadership skills. Indeed, their motto is where leaders are made. And basically this organization was founded in 1949 by Ralph Smedley. And the whole intent was literally to help members of this club to work on their leadership skills. So every city, every area of your city has a Toastmaster Club. And people meet once a week or twice a week on a regular basis. And basically, it's a group of people that are there just to work on the public speaking skills. So it's a very organized meeting where you have an agenda and you have people giving speeches. And and unlike what everyone might think, they, it's not just about public speaking, you also get to work on other things such as critical thinking, um, active listening, so you also work on your time management skills, you also work on your leadership skills. And basically, what you learn there is, um, is yes, how can I give a speech and how can I give an impromptu speech and how can I do like an interview questions and things like that. But Mm -hmm. you also have a portion of the meeting called evaluation where you also get to learn um, how to give um, an evaluation to someone who has just spoken without being, you know, negative about it. So you learn how to give a constructive feedback and give points of improvement. So it's a little bit of everything. And it's also an opportunity for you to network because all the people that come there are people that you wouldn't meet in a normal work setting. These are people from like, different cultural background, different work background that have this common goal with you, which is I want to be a better leader, I want to be a better speaker. And I do think that it's, um, it's a great opportunity for you to list to literally develop in uh, in yourself mm. and i've been part of this club for the past uh four years and i enjoy it every time i go because i feel like it's also a learning opportunity because you are listening to a speech and everyone that is speaking is talking about different topics so it's for you it's also it's an opportunity to learn about something that you wouldn't if you were let's say i don't know in a going to going to to work for instance because there are people from so many different backgrounds they can they can talk about, I don't know, IT, they can talk about artificial intelligence, things like that. Mm. Things that are like outside of your field, I would say.
0: Okay. Well that's perfect stuff and, and a fantastic way to finish. So I, I let's <laughs> let us let us finish this with this, since you do talk about impromptu speeches. And you've been doing this for a while. And uh, I wanna I wanna see what you what you got here. So let's see how good you are. Uh, oh, my, shit. my 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 birthday's my birthday is coming up in a matter of days. I'll be turning forty-two years old in, in the next several days, so let's okay. let's do it. Let's uh, you know we're we're gathering around, and it's time for Ermi to give me a, a toast for my birthday. What what would you have to say?
1: So you're turning forty-two. That is correct. In couple of days, in couple of days, right? Correct. Okay. Okay so um, do you want me just to give you a little toast yes uh, please or, do uh,
0: please do come on we're we're okay. well acquainted we're well acquainted now go ahead
1: okay so chin 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 <laughs> uh fellow fellow guest um today i would like to propose a toast to someone i have the pleasure to work with for a very very short time he um, invited me to his podcast and we had a very short conversation about uh, my achievement we had uh, we talked about uh, toastmasters a little bit and i can definitely tell you a few things about him first of all he is turning 42 and he during our conversation he actually put me a little bit on the spot with very tough questions so I would say that he wasn't really going easy with me, but uh, one thing that struck me the most that he sounds very, very confident during, um, he sounded very, very confident during our conversation. And no matter how hard he was with me, he was very kind and very polite with me. So I wanna give a toast to um, Nate today. Um, Please raise your glass and hold me to give a toast to Nate
0: Either. I gotta tell you, Ermi, that was very impressive. (laughs) That was was really, that was really good. That was fantastic. Well, I appreciate the toast. Where can people find you? uh, Social media, internet, website, etc.
1: Yes, so I do have a couple of uh, places where people can find me. So I have my blog. It's called myways.ca. I have a LinkedIn profile. It's called Urmi Sign. I have a YouTube channel called Urmi Sign. I also self-published a book on Amazon. It's called Discovering Your Identity, A Rebirth from Interestation Struggles. And I'm also available on Instagram where people can follow me. And it's called Urmi
0: Beautiful. And we will make sure that we... Link some of that in the show notes for anyone that wants to learn more about Ermi, her mission, her, her background companies. Click the links in the notes. You can find her. Hey, continued success, continued blessings to you, Ermi. I really appreciate your time again.
1: Thank you.